0: What's up, everybody? My name is Pete Cabrera, Jr. with Royal Family International University, School of Identity and Lifestyle. Man, I'm sitting here editing these Bible studies. Um, So I've been doing this Bible study. This will be our fifth one. And we started a Bible study uh, because I wanted to teach people how to live in the Spirit, how to walk in the Spirit, how to walk out who they are in Christ. And um, the first Bible study that we had... We had uh, three people that showed up, and then the next one, we had 20 people that showed up, and then we had 25 people show up, and what was crazy about the Bible study is that we teach applicable steps on how to walk this stuff out. We're not just giving uh, just scripture. We are throwing out the scripture, and then we're breaking it down on what the scripture is trying to say and how we can walk it out as believers, and I think that's what's missing in the body. Now, you'll hear people that'll say, you know, I've tried this program and tried this program. I've gone to this church and that church. And one thing that we can't compensate for is for the um, for when people don't apply what it is that they learn. See, Jesus died for everybody. And everybody who gives their lives to Jesus, not all of them will benefit from what Jesus has done because they don't understand what it is that he's done. Like they hear about it. They talk about it. You know, they hear about, you know, Jesus saved me. But they don't understand what it means to be saved actually show you what it means to be saved. I did that at the last last Bible study. Uh, Man, I'm talking so fast, I'm tripping over my words here, man, because I'm super excited, right? The Bible says, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Therefore, our job is to make sure that people are free. Free from what? That's the question. Free from everything. Demonic attack, free from oppression free from possession, free from all this stuff, and I've been working hard, man, and I've been getting nailed, and people have been coming after me, but at the end of the day, the reason that I do these things is because I believe that the word of God is true, and I believe that those who are in Christ have been set free, and I believe that Christians have been delivered from the power of darkness, and we've been brought into the kingdom of his glory. sin, and I believe that we were once darkness, and now we're light. So how can you walk out what that looks like? right? And that's what I've given my life to. I've been giving my life to that. Um, so one of the things that I've learned through the studies that I've been putting together and things that I've been doing, and actually this is applicable guys. Um, my job is to make sure that James 4, 7 is being applied in your life. And that is submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. that's easy to remember, right The problem is we don't teach believers to submit themselves to God. we teach believers to submit themselves to other teachers and other teachings and other and one thing about the school that I've, uh, that I've confirmed through everybody because I, I ask everybody this and I talk to them and I'm like, hey you know what is it that we should focus on the most and it's like the word, the word, the word. So when people leave the school, I always tell them. Take my name out of your mouth, man. Always say, don't say, Pete said, say, the word says, right? And that's one of the things that I always do at the school is I want to make sure that you're not bringing them back to what I said, that you take them back to the word says, because the word, the word, the word is, 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 um, it's going to travel, I mean, the word's going to be here forever. In other words, what I'm saying is the word can't go away. I'm going to go away. We're all going to go away. But the word, man, the word is settled forever in heaven. And so I'm always talking about, we got to see what the word says, right? And so as a teacher, I like to confirm what the word says. I don't like to confirm what I believe or what I think. I like to confirm what the word says. And so I put this Bible study together and I'm editing the third one. I got two more to edit. And it starts at the very beginning from what sin is. Biblical sin, not what you think it is. I break it down. That's what I love about these Bible studies. I get to break it down, and everybody gets to ask questions. Okay, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And then I break it down, and then we go in, there and we break it down in the Word. And so I was talking about what sin is because you have to know what sin is. And then we talk about where, uh, where Satan comes in and why he's here, right? And what's his role because he has a role. You know that, guys. He has a role. And we talked about the enmity. You know, what the enmity is about and why God put the enmity there. Then we talked about Cain and the fall. And then we talked about Abel. and Then we talked about the flood in Genesis 6. And we talked about uh, what the demonic realm is, right, in the Old Covenant. And then we talked about what it is in the New Covenant, right, and how it affects the Old Covenant and the New Covenant and, and how it is that we, we actually walk out victory and what victory looks like, right? And so we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So if we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, like, how do we walk that out? How do we live that out? How do we function in a world that's trying to constantly rob us of the realities of who God is, right? And then I also talk about how to not live in the flesh. That's vital. A lot of Christians do not know how to get out of the flesh because a lot of people are being pastored in the flesh, in carnality, in the Roman. How do you know? Because when you get into these Bible studies, all people do is talk about other people. All people do is talk about people's faults and faults and things they see. and, And they're seeing them according to the flesh. And I teach people, hey, in the kingdom of God, we don't talk like that. Around his table, we don't talk like that. And I say, hey, in heaven, do you talk like that? Okay, so if you don't talk like that in heaven and your job is to bring heaven here on earth, how should you be talking? right? And that's what we focus on, right? We try to put an end to it within the brethren, teaching them, hey man, we only sow good things into people. We only bring the kingdom of God out of us, right? Because it's inside of us and we have to pour that out. It's not what goes into a man that defiles him, it's what comes out. And so we started doing these Bible studies. I got people driving down from an hour away. I got people from other towns coming and I'm like, hey, what's going on, Katie? What's up? Um, Get a hold of Katie. She'll let you know about it. Her friends come out. We come out. And so I'm putting this video out because I'm putting the Bible studies on www.royalfamilymedia.net. And you can go there, man. You can check out what they're about. And I'm breaking them down. Now we got the sling. So, I mean, we're... I'm getting more creative. Yesterday, I uh, was discussing what the kingdom of darkness is. And, man, I I can't wait to get to that because I actually um, have this glass box that I use, right? And I was walking around with it. I was trying to show them what the kingdom of darkness looks like and how we were once darkness and now we're light and how we were once a tool of the enemy. And we were owned by the enemy. In fact, we were possessed by the enemy because Jesus paid a ransom to set us free. So all of us before we came to Jesus was possessed. We were possessed by the devil. That's why if you would have died before you gave your life to Jesus, you would not have been saved. Because the fire was created for the devil and all his angels. So my question is, if the fire was created, if hell was created for the devil and all his angels, why do people who are not born again go there? Because once again, that's the root of what it is that Jesus came to destroy in a believer. But if you don't understand that, you'll go in circles, right? And so what ends up happening is now that you're in the kingdom of light, like what what does that look like? Because you're to be renewed. In the spirit of your mind, renewed means a new mind, a new mindset, new reality. Yes, sir. Love you. you Leaving? I'm gonna come to the gym and then I'll come get back. Okay, cool. I'll call you here a little bit. Love it, buddy. So, do you want to be trained in the spirit? Like, what does that even mean to be trained in the spirit? What does that even mean? Just because your spirit fills, somebody told me, hey, you need the Holy Spirit so you can receive power, right? And I said, okay, what's this power for? And they're like, to do miracles. I said, man. That's not all it's for. It's not just to do miracles. The power was given to you so you could become a child of God. The power, when the Holy Spirit comes, he gives them the power to become. That's what the power is for, right? And if you go to Ephesians chapter 3 and you break that down, 16, 17, 18, you read down through that, it explains to you what it is to be filled and what that means. When you're filled, you're filled with the fullness of God that is love. So when, and, and even says, they'll know that you're mine when you love one another. So when you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit teaches you to become love. Now you're talking about the gifts. The gifts is a whole nother animal. When I say animal is because you could be in the flesh and walk out gifts and never walk out the nature of God, never walk out um, who Christ is. The Corinth church had this issue in Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter three. If you read that, they were carnal were walking out as men, but they were walking in the gifts and they had issues, but they never really understood what they did. But at that point, they didn't understand the nature of God. They didn't understand why the spirit was given to them. And it confirms that the Holy Spirit was in them, but they weren't being trained to walk out who they are now. He says, and such were some of you, but you are washed. You are Sanctified, you are right, and so how do you walk out what you are? Well, it's kind of hard to walk out what you are when you're being trained in what you were, right? And there's a lot of ministers and men of God that will preach and teach out of what they were and thinking that that's them, right? And so it's very interesting because now what ends up happening is while you're trying to walk out the new man. Really what you're doing is Jesus is now an add-on. And Jesus is not an add-on. Ephesians chapter 4 confirms that. If you go 17 all the way through, put off the old man. The problem is we're not taught how to put off the old man. We know he's dead, but there's still an old man mindset, an old man way of thinking, right? And so when he says put off the old man, it says you got to take something off. The problem is in the Christian uh, in the Christian circle, in the Christian churches, in the institutional churches, is we don't teach Christians how to take off the new man. We just tell him to put on the new man. And so now you got the new man and the old man. And we call that a kingdom divided. A house divided cannot stand. A double-minded man is unstable and on his way. He won't receive anything that he asked for. And so then we got people walking around confused. One day we're highly blessed, highly favored. One day we're condemned. One day we're hurting. One day we're being attacked. One day we're not. And we don't know where we're going. And we're going in circles. And God's not going in circles. God's settled. And what ends up happening is that a lot of Christians are not settled. And I've realized this through the school. Uh, We've had the school for eight years. And one thing that I've noticed is a lot of people that come here, they're not settled. They're not settled in what they believe because they don't know what to believe. And what really blows my mind is we are believers and we don't know what to believe, which is weird to me, right? And so as teachers, our job is to make sure that people are mature in Christ, and you will know this by the way people speak to one another. So if you as a teacher are not mature in how you communicate, if you get upset really easy, if you get arrogant really easy, how can you teach other people to be mature if you yourself are not mature, right? So we got to mature people into Christ. And this is one of the things that I've been focusing on the most, right? Is that we as Christians have to walk this out admirably, which means that it's not about us, it's about everyone watching, right? Because they need to know if this is real. So the Bible studies that I'm putting together, I've been doing every Monday night, have just been hitting out like, how does this benefit you? Because here's what happens. We go to certain ministers and we ask them to lay hands on us so we can be delivered of some stuff. But here's the thing, when Moses, when Moses uh, had the children of Israel come out of Egypt. The issue that God had with them was that he couldn't get Egypt out of them. That's why they stayed in the desert for 40 years. The problem is that when we become Christians, we want deliverance ministers or men of God or other people to lay hands on us to get Egypt out of us. But that only comes through renewing of the mind. Romans chapter 12, verse two. God does not live in your mind. He lives in your heart. The Bible says we'll bathe from the heart, and the Bible says that we were alienated the enemies of God in our minds, which is mind-boggling because it says that the carnal mind is not subject to the laws of God, neither can it be, which means that your mind will not listen to the Holy Ghost. You make it listen, and you make it submit to what it is that God's word is saying. Jesus said, it is written, it is written. It is written. He didn't say, I believe, I think, we should do this, be gone. He didn't do that. He used the word of God to confirm who he is. But you can't confirm who you are if you don't know who you are. You will always confirm who you were. And who you were was fallen. Who you were was sin. Who you were was demonic. Who you were was a child of the devil. And if you don't understand that, I, I, that that identity is gone and it, it destroyed because he said that he destroyed and man, he destroyed sin in the flesh. If you walk out the flesh and you don't allow God to confirm that He destroyed the old man that he destroyed him, that he annihilated him, you will always resurrect him by the way you think. This is very interesting because we don't teach this and it drives me up the wall because I get to see people going in circles and I'm like, just stop. You're going in circles because you're identifying with what Jesus came to eradicate in your life. See, Jesus doesn't wash your sins He destroys it. He says he's destroyed sin in the flesh. That means that if you're in the flesh, sin will still exist for you. Now, it confirms in Romans chapter 8 that you are no longer in the flesh, but in the spirit. Now, what that means is that your whole life is hidden in Christ, and you should walk out Christ. Now, you submit your members to righteousness, and what that means is that you have flesh and it's only sinful flesh if you allow it to do the works of the devil and the works of the devil are in Galatians five nineteen, right? And it's also in first Corinthians chapter six, verse nine, and it breaks it down on what it is. And Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. The problem is we got Christians living in the flesh, doing the works of the devil of the devil. And then what ends up happening is we sit down with Christians and they're complaining about their being attacked by the devil, but all they're really doing is living in carnality, living in the flesh and breathing light and sin into this reality that Jesus came to annihilate by hanging on a cross. Now, the word also confirms that when he was dead and when we were baptized, we are baptized into his death, and that he was crucified, and we are crucified with him, that the old man is crucified with him, which means that on the cross, the old man is powerless, he is dead, and he's on the cross, he cannot move, right, but what ends up happening is because we don't recognize what that means, that's what I'm getting at, a lot of people do not know what that means, it means that he came as you, sinful flesh, not that he is sinful flesh. So here's a problem that a lot of people will do, a lot of, a lot of problem that people will do. I would say Jesus came and became sin because the Bible tells us that he became sin for us. But knuckleheads will say, oh, Pete, you're saying that Jesus was sinful. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he became sin. That's what it says. It doesn't say he was sinful. So people would twist that to make you sound like you're crazy. But that's what the word says. The word says that Jesus became sin. That's what it says. No one can argue that. So he became everything that you were because you weren't just a sinner. Sinner was what you were inside and out. That's why you were saved from sin, because you lived in sin, and so Jesus came to separate you and annihilate sin to get you out of what held you captive, which was flesh, right? So now, when Jesus gets you out of the flesh, sin still exists if you live with the mindset of darkness, if you live with the mindset of a fallen man. This is why you must be renewed in the spirit of your mind, which means that your mind can walk out who you are in the spirit, but you can't do this if you're being trained in the flesh, because what will happen is you'll always revolt back to what you used to be. Thank you, sir. Back to who you were back to all that. So what happens when you have a man of God who wants to train you in the very thing that Jesus came to train the 12 in And this is what the gospel is all about because you can't go minister and you can't do the Great Commission if you're doing it out of your flesh. Because you'll get bitter, you'll get mad, you'll backbite, you'll attack, you'll become the enemy for someone else. So the greatest, greatest, greatest thing that's ever been given to us is love, right? And that's who God is. God is love and we become love. Love, and we walk out love. So how do we walk that out? Well, flesh is not love. Carnality is not love. It has lusts, and it will lust against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. So what will happen is you'll have issues with flesh and carnality because you've been trained in it, and you become your own stumbling block. And it's very interesting because I did this teaching Monday, And people were like, what is going on? And I'm like, this is what is going on with every Christian that struggles with sin right here. And they were like, what? And I'm like, there it is. And lights came on. And I had a talk with one of the ladies afterwards. The lady was like, man, I never saw it from that. I said, you never saw it from that because you've never looked at it from the lens of who you are in Christ. You've looked at it from the lens of carnality and who you are or who you were in sin. And you can't see that because there's something wrong with you from that lens. It's in Raha, the darkened eye. You need to speak from in Tova, the eye is light. Therefore, how 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 great is that light inside you if it's great? And if it's if, if it's light, and how great is it if it's darkness? If it's darkness, is how great is that darkness? So you have to see it from this perspective. So here's what's beautiful: like when you go to the gym, right? You can go to the gym every day. You can get the membership. You can get all the books. You 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 can send stuff out to get stuff to lose weight. You can have boxes in your house of of things to help you lose a slim fast. You can have boxes of slim fast. You can have boxes of pre workout. You can have boxes of creatine. You can have boxes. You can have books. You can have libraries. You can have all. You can have people coming to your house. You can have trainers. You can have subscriptions. You can have YouTube channels. You can have all that. But if you don't put it to work, it doesn't do you any good. In the same way, in the same way, I am not responsible for those who will not work what it is we're teaching. That's on them, not on us. See, that's the problem with most ministries, right? Is that we don't teach them how to work it out. We just tell them right? But then it will just be like a book on the shelf in the creatine. We have to train them, which means you have to go to work. You have to practice. A lot of us aren't being taught how to practice. We're being taught to go to certain men and do magic on you. So it just comes off of you and you never really learn how to train. You never really learn how to walk it out. And so then you got other Christians following you that you never really taught them how to walk out of Egypt. You never taught them how to resist the devil. We never taught them how to cast down imaginations. You know and so now you're just being attacked all day long because they're in the flesh and they're in carnality and they're losing their minds. And so you got a bunch of people crying out to God because they never got up. Like God said, why are you crying out to me? Go do something. Get up. Go do something. I've given you the power. I've given you the tools. I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. didn't mean you're complete. Who's the head of principalities and powers. And, and you're complete in him. So what are you doing? Oh, I'm struggling. I'm going in circles. That's because you're walking this out in the flesh. You're walking this out in the flesh. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. Why would James chapter 4 verse 7 say, uh, Submit yourself to God Which means Submit means do what he says Submit Not to you Not what you think Not to what your friends say Not to what your pastor says Not to what the world says But what God says What does God say? Submit to God Resist the devil Does it say resist the devil and he'll come out? Or does it say resist the devil and he'll flee? What does it say? Yeah, to a Christian, to a Christian, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Why will he flee? Uh, because you're not listening to him. Because you're, you're resisting. You're not listening to the lie. You're not listening to the lie. You're not. You won't listen to the lie. But there's people who are deceived that will confirm the lie in you, not the truth in you. There's a lot of people that will do that. They'll confirm the lie in you over and over and over. Over and over. And they'll find lies in you over and over and over. And they'll look for lies over and over and over. And they'll find the worst out of you. Pull all that out when the Bible says you're supposed to pull out the treasure. Doesn't it say that there was a man walking and he found a treasure in the field? It's about the treasure, right? It's about the treasure. It's about the pearl, right? But then you'll find people that don't look for treasure in people. They'll look for dirt in people and trash in people. And things to destroy people with. That's not the Bible. That's not the word of God. That's not what he says, right? It's about the field. We're the field and inside of us is a treasure. And Jesus wants the treasure inside of us, not the filth that we're giving other people, right? And you will never learn to walk that out. If you're walking it out in the flesh, you'll always get upset. You'll always get um, offended, angry, flesh puffs up, knowledge puffs up, pride puffs up, and it's all about defending, right? And it's not about what Christ says. It's about what Pete says. That's why I always say, what's the word say? What's the word say? See, the word has to defend itself. You can't defend the word. The word defends itself. That's why I tell people, know your word. Know your word. Know what you're talking about. Know what you're talking about. You know, that's what I love about the word of God. When I have my Bible and people are talking, I'm like, man, that's easy. But let's go to the word. Okay, that's what you believe, but let's go to the Word. Okay, that's what you think, but let's go to the Word. What's the Word say about that? What's the Word say about that? What's the Word say about that? They're like, it's not all about the Word. Jesus said, it is written. It is written. And the Bible says that what? He went filled with the Spirit, but he didn't use the Spirit to defeat the devil, did he? No, he used the Word. He said, it is written. It is written. He didn't say, be gone, leave. Get out and use all the power and the gifts of the spirit to fight the devil. He just said, it is written and use the word. It is written and use the word. It is written. That's on himself, right? Ain't that crazy? Ain't that crazy? So, what is written? What is written? What is written? So, if you want to get trained in that stuff, go to www.royalfamilymedia.net. I'm putting them out there. I'm not playing no more, man. I'm not playing. I'm just putting it out there. A lot of people getting upset because this is destroying a lot of lies. A lot of things that are making... Look, if what you believe doesn't set you free, what's, what's the point? What's the point? If you're going to church and you're still in fear, what's the point? If you're going to church and, and you're still struggling with certain things, what's the point? What's the point? We're supposed to be free, but you won't be free if people aren't teaching you what that looks like. Look, Pete doesn't set you free. Benny Hinn doesn't set you free. Todd White doesn't set you free. Dan Moeller doesn't set you free, right? Deliverance ministers don't set you free. The Bible says it's the truth that sets you free. So why not accept the truth The problem is we don't wanna accept truth. We want people to set us free because we don't believe we have the truth. And when we do have the truth, we don't rely on it. It's the truth that sets you free. That's what the Bible says, the truth. So what's the truth, Pete? The truth is I'm in Christ and he's in me. The truth is that I'm light and there's darkness. The truth is that what does light have to do with darkness? The truth is I'm in Christ, I have the spirit of God, Resist the devil and he'll flee. The devil's a liar. Give no place to the devil. Right? That's what it says. My God will provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. My God. My God. Right? So, what's it about? It's about what is the truth. There's a difference between the truth and what's true. People who live in the flesh will focus on what's true. But what's true is not the same As the truth, I'll give an example. It's true you have cancer, but the truth is you have Jesus, and he's your healer. It's true you might have two, three months to live, but the truth is you have eternal life. See, it might be true that you're fighting with weight and you're struggling with gluttony, but the truth is that you've been delivered from the power, from the power Be delivered from the power, the power, the power of the kingdom of darkness. You've been delivered from it. That's what it says. So if you've been delivered from it, why are you struggling with it? Because you don't believe that it is true. You don't believe that you're free. You don't believe that the devil can't touch you. You don't believe that the devil can't come inside you. You don't believe that you're free in Christ. You don't believe that the Holy Ghost lives in you. You don't believe that Christ will fight for you. You don't believe that you're seated at the right hand of God. You don't believe that as you speak, he speaks because you're an oracle of God. You don't believe that Christ defends you. You don't believe that you're everything that he says he is because if you believed it, you wouldn't be deceived. And all the enemy uses is deception. And he makes what's true for him, true for you. But there's no truth in him. Yeah, it's true you're in a wheelchair. But the flash is in the weird wheelchair. The truth is you're in Christ. And you don't have legs. And you don't have arms. You're a spirit being. And this is a vessel. And the vessel is not who you are. The vessel is not who you are. This is dirt. And this will be gone, but you're going to live forever, right? You're already in Christ. That's the truth that sets you free. It might be true that you're in bondage to to certain things like addictions. It might be true that you're struggling with porn. It might be true that you're struggling with sickness. It might be true, but that's not the truth. The truth is that you should not allow this. You should not allow this stuff to have power over you. That Christ offends you and that you're to submit yourself to God. Resist, resist, resist the devil and he'll flee. Resist temptation and it'll flee. Resist anger and it'll flee. Resist strife and it'll resist. But we're not being taught to resist because I'll tell you, you have a devil. And you'll believe it. How about I tell you you have Holy Spirit? Will you believe that? What if I tell you that God speaks for you? Will you believe that? I find it very interesting that corner Christians believe that they can see the devil more than they can see God. They can see demons more than they can see children of God. They can see the demonic realm, but they can't see the face of God. They can hear demons talking, but they can't hear God. That blows my mind that Christ lives in them and God is in them, but they can't see God, but they can see demons and devils all day long because that's what they've been taught. But resist the devil. Don't indulge. Right? I had a guy at the school, um, and and this isn't against anybody, right? I had a guy at the school, right? And and I'm not even going to say his name, but if you're in the class, you got this because I'm very transparent. Um, He kept talking about the demonic realm, and I had to keep telling him, bro, we don't talk like that. We don't talk like that. And he's like, well, it's true. I said, that's true, but it's not the truth. The truth is, Jesus is for you. Yeah, well, I struggle through that. Well, yeah, but you're not talking about the outcome. You're talking about the struggle and this and that, but you're not talking about where you're at now. See, where are you at now, right? And that's what we need to bring people to, where you're at now. Not to where you were then, where you're at now. And how do you bring them here? You got to remind them of who God is for them. He's like, I was being attacked by a devil. And I'm like, we don't talk like that here. We don't talk like that. And he said, why not? I said, because at the school, this is the kingdom of light and this is my father's table. And if we're not talking like that in heaven, we're not going to talk like that here. And if we're gonna talk like that in His presence, we're not gonna talk like that in His presence here because we are in His presence now. And he said, how are we in His presence now? Another brother had asked me how are we in His presence now? And I said, because we carry the presence of God. And so we're hosting the presence of God, and he's in us as believers. And it says, when there's true, three guiding in my name, I'm there. So he's here. And so how should we talk? Because even Isaiah, they, they, they burned his tongue because he said, I'm a man with unclean lips and I do with unclean people. And the cherub got the hot coal and put it to his tongue because you don't speak like that in the presence of God. Because if you're in the presence of God, why would you talk like that? So now, if we don't talk like that in his presence and we carry his presence, how should we talk? Not that this stuff isn't real, but we always get people to focus on what sets them free, right? And here's the question that I asked everybody, because we were in the van, and he was talking about the demonic realm. And I said, look, if my 11-year-old was here, would you be talking like that? Because I wouldn't let you talk like that around my 11-year-old, because it put fear in her, right? So do we want to talk to an 11-year-old like that? Of course not. Well, why not? Well, the Bible says that you have to be like a child to enter the kingdom of God. So if you have to be like a child when you enter the kingdom of God, how should we talk? We should talk like everyone's a child in the kingdom. Talk to them in a certain way with love and peace and and gentle and confirmed truth in them, not fears, right? And so if I can't say it around my 11-year-old, why would I say it around you? If God wouldn't say it to her, why would I say it to her? Now, in the same way, we're all God's children. So how does God speak over us? He got us out of that. That's like if you got raped, and I kept talking about people getting raped all day long. That's like if you got mugged, and all I did was talk about people got mugged. It's like if your father got shot and murdered, and all I did was talk about murder all day long around you. What would that do to you? What if you were a woman that got raped, and all I did was talk about how men are raping women all the time? Right? Or how about that your wife or your your, your dad's on crack or a drug addict or died from a heroin dose, and I keep talking about shooting up. What's that going to do? That's what I'm getting at. We have to bring the truth that sets people free. And it's what gets, it's what gets their hearts, right? It's the goodness of God that leads them to repentance. So I try not to talk about those things because I don't want to sow a seed of fear in someone. The only fear we should have is the fear of the Lord, the reverence to the Lord. That's the only fear that you should have. The fear of the Lord The fear of who he is, the fear that if you don't listen to him, if you don't believe him, if you don't stand on his word, if you don't speak truth, if you don't stand in truth, if you don't just talk about him and the kingdom and Jesus and all that he is, like the fear of what would happen if I just started talking opposite about who he is. That's the fear we should have. That's the fear. And so... That's the fear I carry. I only want to talk about God because I've only been commanded to talk about God. I've only been commanded to speak of the kingdom. I've only been commanded to do that. Jesus went around preaching and teaching the kingdom of what? God. So what should we be preaching and teaching? The kingdom of God. I know a lot of men that preach and teach the kingdom of darkness, preach and teach the kingdom of the devil preach and teach shadows, preach and teach demonic, preach and teach devils and witches and warlocks, preach and teach and make books and stuff. And I'm like, really? If you taught them who they were, that's my point. What does darkness have to do with light? Right? Not that this stuff doesn't exist, but we should be focusing on who Christ is. Wouldn't Wouldn't it be better to study out who Christ is for you instead of what the devil's doing and who he is? Now, don't misunderstand me. The Bible does say not to, not to be unwise, not to be foolish, but to know the devices, and we know this. He's a liar. So if he's a liar, why would you listen to him? Christians listen to him all the time. Why? Because they're not being taught who they are. They're agreeing with them because the flesh agrees with them. Carnality agrees with them. All that agrees with them. And man, they'll talk all day long, right? So, what am I saying in all this? What would happen if you feel this, this, and this, and this with nothing but kingdom? What would happen? What would happen if this? This, 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 and this was nothing but kingdom of light and Jesus and Holy Ghost and all the things who God is. That's all that came out of you. Now watch this. Now what if everything that went in in here and in here and in here and in here and in here was all of God? Wow, you'd be pure. But how can you be pure when you're being reminded of the filth that you used to be in? Right? So what should we manifest? The kingdom of God? Then we should only talk the kingdom of God. But I know a lot of people that they don't want to manifest the kingdom of God out of you. They want to manifest something else out of you. And the Bible says... Now, whatever you call forth, whatever you imagine, whatever you believe will manifest. So if a Christian believes the lie, he can manifest the lie. You don't believe me? This is what deceived Christians do. They manifest the lie all day long. This is why you got to make sure that the truth is in them. So they manifest truth all day long. And guys, we all fall into that, right? So keep your eyes on Jesus all the time. And there'll be other men of God that'll get mad at me because I'll say, just focus on God, focus on Jesus, focus on the kingdom of light, focus on what he's doing. Just focus, just talk about what God's doing. Just talk about what's going on in heaven. Just talk about what's going on with Jesus. Just talk about what's going on with God. Just talk about what's going on in his kingdom. Just talk about that. Just talk about that. Just talk about that. Get so engulfed with that. People be like, no, no. Talk about the kingdom of darkness. Talk about devils. Talk about demons. Talk about warlocks. Talk about witches. Talk about, talk about, talk about. Don't talk like that. Don't talk like that. It's not who your daddy is. It's not what your daddy's talking about. It's not what Jesus is talking about. It's not what the Holy Ghost is talking about. I thought, I thought. That was your identity. wasn't? Isn't the old man dead? Wasn't the old man birthed in that? Wasn't the old man part of all that? Right? Wasn't, wasn't that you? Didn't you come at it? So so why would you go? Did you forget that you're old man, that the sins have been purged, and you've been purged from that? Why would you talk about what you used to be? Why would you talk about where you used to live? Why, I thought all things have passed away, and all things have become new, and all things are of God, all things, except for the way you talk, except for the way you believe, except for who you hang around with, except for your conversations. All things are of God. All things are of God. Is that what it says? All things are of God. All things. Really? Get around some people. Listen, see if it's all about God. See what it's all about God. See, see if it's all about God. It'll blow your mind. Is it all about God? So what would happen if you got around people? That's all they focused on was God. Then how would they treat you? The way God treats you. How would they talk about you? The way God talks about you. How would you feel around them, The way God wants you to feel around them? Would there be any fear brought on you? Would God put anything on you that would put fear in you? If he's in you and he knows that whatever's been defeated out in the world can't touch him or mess with him. And that's the mindset God has. Does God walk around worried and scared? Does Jesus walk around tripping out? And worried about this and that. that, No, because he knows who he is. And because he knows who he is, he don't got to worry himself with that. But when he's confronted with it, he deals with it and he moves on. He doesn't write books about it. He only says what the Father says. He only says what the Father says. He only says what the Father says. He only does what the Father does. That's what he says. So now, what's God saying right now? What are you saying right now? You know, there's this um, amazing parable in Matthew chapter 18. I believe it's in Matthew chapter 18. When he talks about the lost sheep, that there was a shepherd. There was a shepherd. And the shepherd lost one sheep. And he left the 99 after it. Now read it. Read, read what it says. It doesn't say that the shepherd lost the lamb. See, a lamb is a a, a younger sheep. It says a sheep, which means it's full grown. It's full grown. See, this, this is what's beautiful about the way you should read Scripture, the way we should all read Scripture. We should break it down. Question number one. First of all, if you're a shepherd and you lost a sheep, you're not a good shepherd. Second of all, the sheep represent the children of Israel, the people of God. So these people, this isn't about salvation. This is about the people that are already in the nation of Israel, the children of God. Let's read it in context. So who are the shepherds in this story, right? The shepherds are the Pharisees and Sadducees. The sheep are the children of God. This is old covenant. This is before he went to the Gentiles. So he's telling this story, right? So what's interesting about this is it's not a lamb. It's a sheep. It's full grown. But he says he leaves the 99 to go after the one that was lost. This isn't about the sheep. This is about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he's trying to tell them, you're not taking care of the sheep. You're not being a good shepherd. You should go after the one that's lost. You should go after the ones who leave. So now, if you were in a group of shepherds and you were to tell me, hey, I lost one of my sheep, I'd say, bro, sheep. They're just dumb sheep. They just listen to you. I mean, how do you lose a sheep? It's grown. It's a grown sheep. Why would it leave? It would leave because it was neglected or something happened. You really didn't care about it, right? And so what happens is they go and get the sheep. And then after that, it says they rejoice. Okay, so whenever you rejoice, it means you're going to throw a feast. You're going you're, you're to eat something. You're going to have a party. So the question is, what are they going to cook at the party? a sheep. So it's not even about the sheep. It's about the shepherd that needs to do his job. And the job is that sheep don't wander off, that you take care of the sheep. That's what all that's about. So my job is to take care of the sheep. So in our fold, we take care of the sheep the way God wants to take care of the sheep. We don't yell at them. We don't disrespect them. We love on them. We make sure they come back because we want to feed them what God wants to give them. But if the sheep think that you're not treating them the way God's treating them, if the sheep thinks that you're lying to them, if the sheep thinks you have something ill towards them, if the sheep are being disrespected, if the sheep feel that you're just stealing their wool or they're taking from them and, and you treat them this way, the sheep's going to go. But you have to go after them and reconcile with that sheep because sheep in this story is people. It's not an animal. It's people. So what it's saying is that the shepherd's going to reconcile with the sheep that left the flock. Because really, he didn't leave the other sheep. He left the shepherd because the shepherd's not leading right. Or whether he got offended, whether he got hurt or whatever. But it says that the sheep goes to search out what was lost. And what was lost was a connection. Because he was already in the fold. See, we teach it that this is about salvation. It's not about salvation. It's about the way you treat people. That's what that story's about. We make it about, oh, you're a lost sheep, and Jesus will, will leave the 99 to go after the one. No, these, they were in communion already. He's going after what was lost, and what was lost was the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd, and that's what the parable's about. But if you're in the flesh, that's not what the parable's about. You'll see it from a different lens. You'll see it from a different perspective. But when you understand and you talk and you see the way God talks and sees and understands people and understands what love is, you'll start reading and seeing things from the perspective of love, which is the lens, which is Christ, right? And even the law can be read in the flesh. But what's crazy about reading the law in the flesh is you'll miss Jesus and you'll use the law to kill the Jesus and somebody else instead of using the law to restore them and bring them right standing before the Lord and before men. Before the Lord and before men. Now, if you use the law the other way around, you'll stone them and you'll make them look stupid and you hang them on the cross and you'll call them fools and idiots and dummies and this and that. And that's what causes sheep to leave. So it's about how you treat your sheep. It doesn't matter if your doctrine's right. It doesn't matter if your belief is right because there's 40,000 denominations out there. And Jesus said you will know, they'll know your mind by the way you love each other. It doesn't say if your doctrine's right. It doesn't say if you understand certain things. It doesn't understand. He doesn't say if you cast out devils or heal the sick or raise the dead, they'll know your mind. That's not what he's saying. He didn't say, you know, if you prophesy, if you use these gifts, if you move in signs and wonders, then I'll confirm you and they'll know your mind. That's not what he said. He said that when you love one another. They know that you're born of God. That's 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another for God is of, God, for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God. Everyone who loves is born of God. Now, if you get behind your doctrine and you get behind what you believe and you get behind certain things and you start not loving, that's flesh ministering. That's not the spirit. And it took me years to understand this. It took me years to learn this. You always find out how people treat other people and how they talk about other people and how they respond. And you'll find out really quick if this is the heart of God speaking or if it's just flesh speaking or knowledge speaking by the way you treat one another. That's what it's all about. This is why I did the Bible study, because we're trying to create a community where we can love on one another, love on one another, love on one another. It doesn't mean we accept everything. Don't misunderstand me. This is what this is about. It's about teaching people to walk this out admirably and so our best Jesus has come forth. Will the real Jesus please stand up? right? That's what all this is about because people need to see who Christ is, manifest, right? Christ manifest. He has to manifest and you manifest through us. What you don't want is Galatians 5:19, the works of the flesh are manifest. You don't want that to manifest. you want Christ to manifest. And the only way you can do that is if you're training. Everybody trains and everybody practices. When's the last time you practiced? See, a lot of Christians don't know how to practice that because they're not being taught how to do that. This is what the Bible study is all about. I'm going to keep pushing this. And you know what? People aren't going to like this. People who are legalistic, people who want to control, people who are in the flesh. The flesh always wants to control because, see, we were, we were slaves to that. It's what held us captive. Flesh held us captive. And flesh always wants to hold other people captive. That's what flesh does. And we got to learn not to allow that stuff to hold us captive. We're not slaves to righteousness. Which means that Jesus captured our hearts. And now we're slaves to him. And now we're slaves to love and righteousness and everything that he is. And that's how we treat each other. I don't care what anybody says. If you mistreat somebody, if you call somebody certain things and you're mean and you're angry and you're bitter and you're trying to destroy people, that's not the kingdom. Jesus didn't come to condemn. And if Jesus didn't come to condemn, I'm not going to condemn. Because I want to be like my rabbi, like my master right like my savior and if you walk out your savior you'll be saved right but if you walk out flesh and carnality you got the judgment coming because flesh is the only thing going to be judged and condemned and you might as well just get out of it now because you'll be be condemned and judged all the days of your life and as a christian if you live in the spirit that judgment won't land on you because you understand it's not you you'll understand that that's carnality and it will fall right off your back like water on a duck's back it'll come right off you like right. Being made free from sin. Right. So why do I say this? I say this because it's not about me. It's about the body. The body. Right. So, guys, I love you guys in the name of Jesus. I got to finish editing this. Uh, www.royalfamilymedia.net. I'm putting all my Bible studies up there. Putting them all up there. It's a lot. I'm doing every Monday. You'll have content every Monday. I'm a little behind right now, but I'm gonna stay in here until I get them done. Right? I think I got two of them up right now, and I'm gonna put two more up right now. Right. So ask yourself this. I only say what my father says. What's he saying? Come on, man. Come on, it's not that hard. So I love you guys in the name of Jesus. Um, yeah, there it is, royalfamilymedia.net. And uh, if you want to come to the school, www.royalfamilyinternational.com. I got three interns right now staying with me. I have Nathan, I have Julian, and I have Bryce. I have three people that I'm going to be training for 90 days. Right, they're right here. Right, because that's what it's about. Right. So I love you guys in the name of Jesus. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Jesus is a real star. I'm just his hype man. Let's get it.